Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where your host, Alison K. Summers, is searching the globe to introduce you to cutting-edge thinkers and entrepreneurs whose stories will inspire you to innovate your own business life. Having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, Alison is taking her own experiences to help today's CEOs and professionals meet the ever-changing demands of the future of work. Now, here's your host, Alison K. Summers. Welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. We are going to head back to London where we can find some wonderful entrepreneurs, but this one in particular, we talk a lot about uh, sustainability and what we can all do in our small part. And we're going to talk about being carbon neutral and how we can make changes that are good for business, good for the environment, and, and good just for people's lives in general. And so I'm thrilled with this guest. She's going to tell us all about how she founded her business, how she operates it today, and just a really solid, solid story that I want you to all take a look, get to know her. So with her story of mindful delivery, I welcome Farah Asemi to the show. Farah, welcome. Hi, good morning to you. So, Farah, tell everybody the name of your company and what your core business is today. Uh, the name of our company is EcoFleet Mindful Delivery, and we specialize in logistic services, uh, particularly last-mile eco-friendly uh, delivery in London. So, give us just a little bit more, because I know, um, you know, help everybody envision what your EcoFleet looks like. EcoFleet is a bike that is a little over two meters long. It has um, a box at the front of it that looks like a trunk. It's a square trunk and it fits about 623 liters of volume. That's equivalent to eight lever arch files or 102 wine bottles. <laughs> it, <laughs> I like that yes. visual. Yes, and um, the trunk is uh, top-loaded. It locks. It has a three-way locking mechanism. And uh, the trunk is also completely uh, branded. And the bikes have a beautiful electric orange uh, color to them. And the uniforms uh, match uh, the bike. So it's a very bright, happy brand. And as we dig into this... Because I think when, when you first hear about EcoFleet and what you do, um, I'm from Chicago, so the first thing that pops in mind is, is courier service. Tough, tough word to say, courier. But that's not at all what your business model is. And so can you tell us who your likely customers are? Yes. So we, uh, at present, our clients are um, mostly food companies, uh, wine companies, companies um, that have an online platform of food delivery from various restaurants into office spaces because people cannot go out or um, there's just many deliveries from one particular restaurant so a small delivery bike can't do it. Um, then we have uh, gifting companies, we have florists, we have 
printers. Uh, we have stationary companies that use us, and um, they're either delivering directly to a end user, to a client, or they're delivering to other smaller companies. And I love that you also have this white label delivery service. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so we have three types of service. Um, one is um, same day delivery. So you call me, you want something sent to your office um, at a particular time. It's a rush job or not. It has uh, to be a time delivery. So that's a same day model. Um, then we have a next day model where your company sends the goods um, overnight to us. And um, there's a warehouse where we consolidate all the goods and we uh, shelf them as to when you want these things to go out. So we have warehousing facility. And then in the morning, uh, the goods get consolidated and sorted and picked and packed and loaded onto the bikes. And the different bikes go to different uh, zip codes so that it's a very agile, efficient delivery in that uh, zip code. Um, and then the other one that you mentioned is a white label service is great for campuses and, for example, universities, hospitals, or any large institutions or large companies that just say, you know what, I kind of want a car and a driver service equivalent in a bike and a rider. And um, we provide them with that and we co-brand and the bike uh, shows up with a uniformed rider to your doorstep and carries out all of your um, deliveries for your company from whatever time to whatever time that you need it. So Farrah, let's just roll back because at what point did you wake up and say, I want to be in the electric cargo bike business? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I, um, so I had been, um, I'd been away for, uh, on a trip for say about three weeks and that's a very long trip away from town for me. And I came back and all of a sudden I kind of saw things a little differently, Allison. I, it seemed like the city was noisier, a little bit more polluted, the air didn't smell the same, and it was so noisy, there was so much traffic, and I thought, my goodness, what happened while I was away? What Actually, it had been going on around me, I just hadn't noticed it as much. And I thought, what are all these diesel delivery vans doing on the street, clogging up the streets, there has to be a better way. So I started looking into deliveries. And for the past five years, I've been talking about it to my husband. I keep saying, bike is the future of London. You know, this is a Victorian city. It's a fabulous city. It has 11 million people living and more commuting in and out. It cannot support this many trucks coming and going. And there just has to be a better way. And so that trip and when I returned because was the trigger moment and I thought, okay, I'm going to look into this. So I went into, uh, I did several trips to mainland Europe and looked around for um, a bike. And actually, they're quite widely used in Europe. And people do most of their deliveries on cargo bikes. And in fact, um, 
one of the European countries has its entire postal system done on cargo bikes. So I looked and looked and looked and kind of narrowed down um, about four companies that I thought I would do this business with. And I kind of put it on the back burner. I put it on a back burner and uh, for about three months. And um, the nail in the coffin came when I took my car to uh, service. And in the service garage, I ended up waiting for a long time. And uh, while I waited, I breathed in very heavy polluted fumes. And I had a very massive chest infection. And um, that was that was the wake up call for me that things need to change around. And I pressed the button and I started uh, employing people to help me um, start this business. And let's just roll back because before you you did this business, what was your corporate career? What was what was your main professional life? Uh, so I went to design school in Washington D.C. And I majored in interior architecture and minored in art history and just did that profession, uh, you know, from then till last year. Um, and I worked privately. I worked for myself. I worked within companies, within architectural firms. And I, I actually love what I trained to do. I, I still love it. It's a passion. Design and art have always been um, a part of my DNA, and they will continue to be so. But I decided to shift my focus because I truly felt that um, mobility needs to be looked at, sustainable mobility needs to be looked at in a different way, in a more careful way. I, I think that it, to me it's always fascinating when we talk to our founders on how they land on the ideas that they land on. And I know yours was very much, as you described to our listeners, a a passion for it that was brewing before you finally, you know, made it come to life. Can you tell us about those initial, like you, you shared about how you went out and you, you vetted what you were going to use for the bicycles. Can you tell us about the initial financial startup and how you went about getting those first customers? Um, so I put in my own family money as the seed money to start this uh, business. And also I applied for a government grant and the government in the UK is fantastic with small initiatives. And they're really looking into helping resolve and solve the air pollution problem and the, re you know, reduce the traffic and congestion. So they, actually have a fund that they have set aside for small businesses um, who are into sustainable mobility, especially particularly into cargo bikes. So my criteria and how I began my business qualified me for this grant. So that was a great boost um, financially and um, in terms of uh, emotional support that yes, I'm on the right track. And then uh, it was really going and deciding on which bike uh, to purchase. And uh, we placed an order for 20 bikes. Then it was uh, finding a box manufacturer that I was happy with, figuring out sizes, because if you make your box too big, you can't navigate the streets very well. So that was quite 
a specialty in its own and I learned a lot about box design and then deciding on the IT platform and branding and hiring the staff which is the riders which is uh, really pleasurable but also extremely challenging we live in a country that has rain i would say seven to eight months of the year and it's cold here so there isn't always the best time to hire riders who are willing and happy to be outdoors all the time <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can imagine we all talk about different labor problems that that we that we have i want to come back to your workforce but can we just stay on the money because i think I, if I'm understanding correctly, you're ready to go into your uh, first round of fundraising, and and yes. you have more than just bikes now. You have electric vans as as well, correct? Yes, yes. Um, we also got a grant for um, the uh, electric van. So if you have a business in this country, and you uh, hire uh, or lease an electric van, the government gives you uh, funding to be able to um, charge your electric van on your premises. So we qualified for that too, and that was a great help. So initially it was family money, some government grant, and we are now going into uh, the first round of fundraising in order to be able to have a second warehouse uh, in London actually more than one. So we want to spread our wings a little bit in London and as well as be able to think about uh, about two hubs in mainland Europe and possibly within UK itself, yes. Well, and I can't imagine what you're spending on warehouse prices in London. I, I just, I can't imagine, and I'm from Chicago, so yes. it, it must be an immense, and, and also, um, security and the the staff to do what you do what what does that warehouse if we went and visited your warehouse um can you not that warehouses are sexy but can you describe a little about the process there um so i looked on this big map of london and i decided about the location i've lived in london a long time and i'm quite familiar with london uh but i decided location wise i wanted to be just over the river um, which isn't far into central london uh, but in south london so that was uh, the location that uh, i decided on and then from there uh, it was finding workspaces that were uh, large enough to accommodate 20 cargo bikes and a working operational staff and um if you were to come to uh, London and visit EcoFleet Mindful Delivery, um, you'd be surprised because that uh, design sensibility and our sensibility that I've had has trickled into my warehouse. I think that people often think that warehouses are dark, dingy, and cold. Um, our warehouse is extremely vibrant. We have a rider's lounge where uh, we have very colorful lounge chairs and um, graffiti uh, on the walls and yoga mats and foam rollers for the riders and a foosball table for downtime. Um, so there is, um, you know, the recreational area for the riders is there. And 
we have a very well-stocked kitchen and uh, eating area for the boys. So the, the warehouse is uh, run, also run on uh, renewable energy, and it's just a really vibrant, happy atmosphere. And um, we actually take pride into inviting guests and clients to come and visit us. It also has, um, you know, uh, storage facilities for deliveries where we can have shelves to uh, figure out our consolidation requirements. Well, and I know you're quite proud of that aspect of your business and, yes. and how you're building your culture. And that's why I know earlier in the interview when you were saying the difficulty of finding writers who want to be out in the rain and in the cold, um, but you're really building a community for your, for your writers. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that. And you can get just a, a, a teeny glimpse. I know when I do these interviews, I always encourage my audience to go visit my guests' websites. And, you know, your, your website is exactly what you described for your warehouse. It's light, it's airy, it's playful. I love the little graphic image that says that your riders do 12,000 laps of the world um, every year. And I think that's quite an interesting fact. And I'm sure it's probably even more than that today from when you first had this, this designed. Um, but yes. I can see, I can see the playfulness in, in your brand and in what you do. And it, it makes sense. And I can also see that you, um, you know, feature uh, your riders and, and, and are always looking for applications through your site. Uh, yes, so we are constantly um, having ads out for good riders. Um, so for the first five that we hired, we went through 300 uh, applications. Our operations manager is an amazing person who um, does, you know, two rounds of interviews. And we have a very solid team of all of those who we have hired um, I think two have left for uh, personal reasons, but um, we have a great community. Uh, and even though I say it's cold and raining, and none of my riders have ever, ever once said, oh, it's cold today. Oh, it's raining all day today. Not once. Um, so they just have the spirit of riding in their bones, and it's the last thing they talk about. Uh, so they're happy to be outdoors. They're happy to be delivering. And, you know, we go through a certain criteria at Ecofreak Mindful Delivery. We really, it's a service that's um, a little bit more special than your average delivery service in that the boys are trained to deal um, a, and, and deliver a doorstep delivery. So it's quite custom. Everybody is special. Everybody is wished, um, have a great day, enjoy your meal, or, um, you know, here's your package. Um, it's just a, a little bit more special than the average delivery, and the boys have just encompassed that spirit. So I have to ask you, because we, we like to talk to our guests about, you know, naked lessons, things that you learned along the way that, that maybe was... Um, you know, something that you could share with your fellow entrepreneurs that was a lesson learned or you wish you had done it differently or looking back might have done something in a different order. Is, is there anything that sticks out for you that would be a word of caution you'd share with others? Um, to be truthful, Allison, no. Um, I actually can't believe that we press the 
start button on this last April, um, um, you know, almost 11 months ago, and we were operational, uh, you know, 2nd of September. And it's kind of um, like having uh, been handed your baby and you don't know exactly what to do, but by month three, you're getting better to be a better parent. And we're now <clears throat> operation month six. And we have gone through all the teething issues and we feel that that was done because we set up properly. I have an amazing team. My CTO is great. My CFO is great. My operation manager is great. And um, we have just gone about uh, getting help from professionals uh, and advice from professionals in this field as and when needed so that the setup process was great. So I haven't actually had that, um, you know, battle or I've not faced that. So I've, to be honest with you, I've done it quite well. I, I'm very proud of that. Well, there, I think it's, it's good to point out um, because we had this conversation offline that, you know, I speak to all sorts of company founders and entrepreneurs, and I love speaking with people like yourself that are in the early stages of building yes. these great successful companies. And I love speaking to um, founders who are in year 20 and all different ages, right? All different um, cultural backgrounds, all different, all different ages. And I think offline you and I spoke about, you know, don't underestimate you know, those of us that have an entrepreneurial spirit, but do it a little bit later in our career. And so it sounds like you're really benefiting from that. And EcoFleet is really benefiting from, from that, that it was an idea that um, you really had time to think about and flush out before you finally went to market. Yes, I did. Um, you're absolutely right. I did my research and I'm a perfectionist by nature, so I think things through. And I think being um, a little an, an older entrepreneur, you know, I'm not in my 20s, I'm not in my 30s. That I think um, I, I I might not have the tech savviness of our wonderful younger generation, but I have a little bit more thought and insight as to how things should be done, and the level of service that this industry should be delivering and uh, not compromising on. So in terms of those aspects and making sure that they're implemented um, and trickled down to the riders, yeah, I having that experience um, and having done other businesses has made me a little bit more aware of that and um, therefore able to implement those in my new business. And we're getting close to the end of the interview, but I also want to ask, as a newer brand in the marketplace, how yes. are you getting market attention? Um, so we are uh, a bike that's, we have a bike that's quite noticeable and quite beautifully branded. Um, so it, it actually does its own work. We get phone calls, cold calls. Oh, I've just seen this uh, bike on the road, and I think it's perfect for my business. Um, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get in touch. So the bike does a lot of its own um, advertising, to be truthful. Um, but we're also on Instagram and social media, and um, we get our clients shouting us out on their website. So we're, we're having, we haven't done any advertisement yet to be truthful. Um, we don't have a budget for it, but um, you know, 
interviews help, the bike itself helps, and um, our social media definitely is helping with that. Well, it, it, it absolutely speaks to the power of brand and, and that vision of being so clear on your brand. And, and like I said earlier, and, and recommend to my listeners to, to just go take a look at an EcoFleet site for that brand aspect and to see, you can absolutely tell that you have a background as a designer and that you have a very clear vision for your brand. And, and I completely appreciate that. Sarah, if we come back and talk to you three years, five years, 10 years down the road, what's the vision for EcoFleet? I think the first and foremost is to really, um, through behavioral change and through our community, spread the word that delivery doesn't have to be on a big van that goes around town half empty. It's about educating uh, businesses. Um, so I'd like more businesses to take notice of the capability of cargo bikes and not just EcoFleet Michael Delivery, but all general cargo bikes. Things can be done on cargo bikes and to reduce emissions is really important. And for me, if I can just spread the word on that more, I would be, you know, I would rest my case. I would be very happy. But secondly, I would like to see EcoFleet um, spread around town with different warehouses, different hubs. Um, and I say hubs and warehouses because, you know, this industry particularly is a gig economy. You work two hours and you're off. You work another three hours and you're off. Um, several of my employees had never met their coworkers before ever, and they had done similar job for three years. And I find that having a warehouse gives um, this industry a place to get to know their coworkers. It gives us a place to be able to uh, consolidate and store um, and deliver as a next day delivery. So we're having a warehouse I feel is important and a um, you know key feature of our business model. And just having more hubs around London and then carrying the good work within England and possibly to other cities in Europe. That would be my dream for and my vision for three years from now. Farah, thank you so much for sharing your story. Tell everybody how they can find out more about or connect with you. Um, so you can um, follow us on Instagram or go on our website, www.theecofleet.com. Um, send us your stories and, and tell us how we can be better. I would love to hear uh, how I can do, give a better service. That would be great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for taking time to listen to Farah's story and about EcoFleet. If she said something that resonated with you, reach out to her and let her know. If there's somebody that you know that also needs to hear this story, please pass along the link to this podcast and let them know that we're sharing great things here at Disruptive CEO Nation. If there is a company founder or CEO that you think we need to speak with, please send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until the next time we speak, keep your eye on the future. Thank you, Farah. Thank you, Allison. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.